This episode is sponsored by Loop from Catholic Vote. Let me tell you about Loop. It's a free daily news email delivered straight to your inbox every morning. It's got the most important headlines, short little news summaries, but also the best of Catholic blogging and social media, saint of the day, and the daily scripture readings, all from a 100% Catholic perspective. Loop does all the work for me by sifting through headlines and news sources and sending one email every day with what I need, so I know I'm staying informed on what's going on out in the world without having to spend my time figuring out who I can trust or what I need to know. The Loop helps me feel like I'm connected to what's going on in the world, which is part of what being Catholic is. And did I mention it's free? We can't just stick our heads in the sand and be sleepy Catholics when it comes to the realities facing our church and our nation today. We can't evangelize if we have no idea who we're trying to reach, and The Loop gives us such great Catholic insight into what's going on in the world. Loop is part of Catholic Vote because it connects me with ways to take action to defend life, our religious freedom, and our rights as Americans. Sign up for The Loop from Catholic Vote today and transform your media diet. Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations with Jackie and Bobby. I'm one of your hosts, Jackie Angel, and today I'm here with my friends Kim Zember and MJ Nixon, and we're going to talk about their story and just our our friendships and, you know, God and all that kind of stuff and their testimony of coming out of the LGBT lifestyle and how they just love Jesus so much. And so thanks for being here, you guys. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah. Excited. So Kim and I have known each other for... How oh, five, five years. years? So we've been friends for a while. MJ's a new friend, a recent friend. Um, but Kim is five years here, though. Oh five yeah, five years here. Okay. five years here. Okay, so. new awesome. to you. Yeah, new to me. You've brought MJ into my <laughs> grafted in friend. Yes, a gra- <laughs> which I love um, because I share sometimes your stories. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like Kim's the kind of friend who. I am like, yeah, she's the kind of person that like points at a spider in the shower and it's like, in the name of Jesus, be gone. And the thing explodes once it happened once, but it, it did. did. Happen, it yes. did happen. Or you like, oh, pull over the side of the road because the Lord told you and you pray over someone and their cancer is healed. So, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, <laughs> we happens. can share yeah. about all these fun stories. Mm-hmm. But today we're going to share, but you guys are going to share about your testimony because this yeah. is such a big, you know, right now, especially in the church, in the body of Christ, um, there are so many people struggling and you guys, just your testimonies are beautiful. So MJ, why don't we start with you to share about, you know, what God's done in your life? Amen. Well, thank you so much for having us. And yeah. uh, for as long as I could remember being from a little girl on, uh, I wouldn't be able to say that I was gay, but I knew that I struggled with attraction towards the other little girls. I grew up in the church my whole life, had a great uh, parents who raised me in faith. And I was the middle of two brothers. So I was doing a lot with the little boys, like being outside rough and tumble. I loved playing sports. I really excelled um, in a lot of masculine things. And I would have been your typical tomboy, quote unquote. And um, just growing up, yeah, in the church and having faith and having these attractions, I didn't really know how to reconcile them, like with what I knew to be true. Um, I felt like God was far off from me and I felt like I was going to be judged or shamed by my family if I came out about the attractions that I had. So as I got older into adolescence and especially middle school and high school, I just decided I'm just going to keep this to myself, internalize it. Uh, and that came out in ways of partying, thinking if I could just be with the popular kids, maybe this would go away. 
looking for love in all the wrong places. Uh, you know, the parties would end, there'd be a hangover, and I'd still have the attractions that I had inside. Um, I didn't feel like there was a way, and even in the church, anybody who is safe to even open up to and share with. So I just had this fear of rejection, like I'd be rejected and I would be shamed. So I just hit it until um, I got a full scholarship to play basketball in college. So I left uh, for college and, you know, you go to college and it's be whoever you want to be, love who you want to love. And so for the first time, the feelings that I had deep inside, I was able to act on them. And so I ended up uh, forming a relationship with a close friend that turned into something more intimate. And we ended up being in a relationship for almost six years. So did everything that I ever thought would make me happy. You know, if I could just be with one woman for the rest of my life, you know, live the American dream, build a family like that will make me happy. But ultimately, there was always a tug of war inside of me with my spirit, with my flesh. And ultimately, my heart was never okay with um, the relationship. And so towards the end, God gave me a way out. Um, I really had a radical encounter with Jesus. For the first time in my life, I was able to surrender my sexuality. Uh, I always say it's, uh, I had like it was Jesus incorporated, like I was a genie. If I could just pray for this or that and God would would bring those things in my life. I was okay with that, but when it came to the attractions I had towards women and the life I wanted to live, I would never fully surrender that. And so 12 years ago, I did, and I said, Jesus, you can have my whole life. You can have my whole heart. Um, this is my weak yes to you, and God took that, and uh, I haven't looked back and been serving him and walking in my identity as a daughter. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Kim. Yeah. Well, it's just crazy though, because even as I listen, MJ, like, I think it's pretty amazing that you were, you were, yes, in like a committed relationship for six years, you were engaged. Mm -hmm. Like this was, this was the real deal. Like my story is a little bit different. Right. But like, it just always gets you like you were, you were looking for long-term commitment and as was I, but like engaged to yeah. now like sold out for the Lord to the way I see it. Like, engaged and, and honestly, in a very big way, married to Christ, you know, so it's just beautiful. What, what was that encounter with Jesus? Was it in your room? Was it at a church? It was actually in the car. Really? Of all places. Yeah. We had, um, spread, we had kind of, she moved away and I was going back and forth in the relationship knowing that it had ended. And yeah, in that moment in my car, as I was driving back home from where I was with her, uh, I heard the Lord say, like, you've got to make a decision. You've got to draw a line in the sand. Like, this is only hurting you. Like, I could feel his heart for me, mm -hmm. that this was hurting me to hold on to something that I knew was not for me, that I had to fully let go of the relationship. And when it comes to, obviously, people and their sexuality, that's such a difficult part. Like, Lord, I'll surrender everything else to you. Mm -hmm. I think, actually, it's a C.S. Lewis is a great divorce. Like, mm -hmm. he talks about in the book, like, there's this, lizard of lust. Like he's like, I'll give everything, just not this lizard. Right. Like, no, no. And it's super painful to finally like give that, but it's like this burning, this thing that turns into something so beautiful, but so often, right. I'm sure we all meet people that are like, okay, Lord, I'll give you all this, except there's something I don't want to give you. Mm -hmm. 
right? And it might be our sexuality. Like, I'm just going to hold this one piece back. But did mm-hmm. you feel like that as well? Like that was your... It felt costly to me. But at that point, I had known a lot about God. Mm-hmm. I'd known his rules. I believed, you know, I'd heard all my life, like, you're going to go to hell. Like, you have these attractions. Like, that was it. I never heard that, like, know what Jesus did for me. And I never really knew it in my heart. Yeah. Like his sacrifice, his death, all that he went through so that I could be free. And I feel like in that moment, I encountered Jesus in his sacrifice for me. And what I realized, what I thought was so costly wasn't like it couldn't compare to what he did for me. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment and throughout this journey, it was easy to say, okay, like you can have this because what you died, what you paid for me to be free is so much more than what I thought was so costly for me. Yeah. And people mm-hmm. might say like, oh, well, you're just living in a repressed life right now. You know, you're just pushing. What would you say to those like people who say that? <laughs> Sorry, I laugh about that because, yes, that happens so much. Like you're really not living your true self. You're not in your identity. And um, the thing is, when I was uh, born again and saved, the Lord showed me my heart and that I was actually deceived and in deception. And he was taking my heart and making it new to flourish in his garden, which is who I actually am. Like he had to take me back to the, to the start, right. To original sin, to that place where, um, all of us give ourselves over all have fallen short of the glory of God. And he wanted to take me back to that place so that he could restore me and what actually was the truth of my identity, who I really am in Christ. Yeah. 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 And Kim, obviously you have your test, you share your testimony and you guys travel, you'll you'll travel together sometimes Mm and share your testimonies and it's, it's a powerful witness that you guys do. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Like, you know, when the Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone, like what does that actually look like for someone, you know, in this state of feeling called possibly to singleness, Um, For me as a Catholic, not feeling necessarily called to religious life, but wanting to be consecrated under the Lord. And like, so I know for me for years was doing ministry on my own, like, of course, Holy Spirit present and, and whatnot. But it's just so, so beautiful and like so gracious of God to bring like what is to me family alongside and to be able to minister together and like to support one another, um, have very similar testimonies, right? Like no two stories are ever the same, but in that even to almost, you know, I, I have not yet been able to buy locate. So that hasn't happened. And um, I pray for it sometimes. Amen. Please, please intercede. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll receive it. Um, but I think in that, like when we do go into places, there's so many people that are struggling and can relate. So like if I'm sharing, you know, they want to talk, they want to share for some time, like for some people, it's actually the first time they've ever opened up to anyone. Mm -hmm. And so it's so beautiful to be able to have MJ or whoever, you know, we're traveling with there as well to, to be another safe person, another person who is willing to be vulnerable um, with their own story so that others can be vulnerable with theirs. So just such a gift for real. Will you share your, your story? Yeah. I mean, I know you, I've heard your one hour talk on your, you could share for an hour. You both <laughs> could, you know, here, I promise. Um, but, yeah. Just share, just tell yeah. people kind of how I think, free. you know, very similar, like to what MJ had shared, grew up with two brothers. Um, for me, I would say there's, there's a lot of crossover growing up in the Catholic church. Um, I knew a lot about God for sure. And I would say like, if somebody said, Hey, what'd you know most? I would say I knew his rules most, mm-hmm. but for sure. I knew his rules separated from his heart. And someone just quoted that. They said, 
it was a Protestant pastor back in the last last century mm. who said rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Amen. Yeah. I was like, that is a For baller sure. quote. Because, or dead religion. Yeah. Like there's yeah. such thing, right? Jesus talked about, you know. Well, it's a pharisaical yeah. type of way of living. Yeah. Right. We, you're a, a whitewashed tomb, essentially. Mm -hmm. You yeah. look great on the outside, but your heart is dead on the inside. And I would say I have a life of that. I mean, I'm looking at the book that I, I wrote and yeah. it is, by the way, well, yeah, well, show yeah. sorry. Now everybody's looking <laughs> at book. it, but, uh, <laughs> but in that, I think like for me, it seemed like I had life. Like I had things going for me. I had a great job. I had a great family. Um, but on the inside there was a war within. Um, and again, so like knowing, okay, I have these desires. I don't have anything that I can really tie to. Like, you know, I met so many people that, that have experienced, abuse on many levels and they're mm -hmm. like okay maybe this came forth from this i didn't have something i could tie back to and be like okay maybe this makes sense i just knew i had the desire um but i also just as much as i knew i had the desire um for women instead of men i also knew that the desire i had didn't line up with god's desire for me and so that was really hard to reconcile for me because like i said i'm, I'm in this place of like honestly believing I'm not saying that is at all what the church taught me, but sometimes when something's not taught, that's an open door for Satan to just start sowing seeds right. and teach, right? And preach. Uh, Satan preaches too. And so in that, like for me, I think the hard part was I felt more often than not, like if I act on this, I'm going to be loved less by God. And if I don't act on it, he's going to love me more. And I mean, every single one of us, right? We are created by love and for love, right? Unto love. And that is God. God is love. Love is not love. And we'll unpack that probably later too, but like God is love. And so mm -hmm. in that it was hard because here I am, this little human being seeking to be loved, feeling like if I act on the, the quote unquote natural, what felt natural to me, desires that I had to find that love through another woman, then I'd be loved less by God. And so it was really hard growing up. Um, and so I just ignored it. I stuffed it down and I'm like, it really didn't matter because, you know, for, for a long enough time when you're young, you can kind of ignore those things, not saying you should, or it's good, but it can happen. But then into high school is when, you know, everybody starts dating and it's like, well, you're gay if you're not dating someone, you know, and, and at least when I was growing up. And so for me, it was, it was just really hard into high school. I'm like, okay, I got to deal with this. I, I made two massive um, decisions. One came before the other. And, and I, I would say the first one was I decided to keep it in. I didn't talk to anybody about what I was feeling because I felt like they were going to say, you know, well, you just can't act on it. I'm so glad you're being honest, but don't act on it. And so I'm like, okay, I could do this on my own. Like mm, I don't yeah. need everybody else to know. And then like MJ had shared, feel shame and, and whatnot. Um, and I knew what the church had taught. I believed I knew what God spoke on this. I didn't know how it was going to get walked out, but ultimately it left me with like, don't do it, you know, don't act on this. Well, so first decision, um, kept it to myself. Second was acted on it. And, um, those two decisions really created, um, started to pave a path for me that I believe really did change the whole like trajectory trajectory, however you say that word. Trajectory. <laughs> yeah. Trajectory. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. That. Clearly. Yeah. So, I mean, it just did it. I, I made a decision. I made a few decisions and, um, by God's grace, uh, he can turn all things for his good. Um, but I walked years of living hidden 
doing what I wanted to do while lying to family, lying to friends, lying to myself, um, never really having peace, not just from the lies, but just not living according to what is, is internal. Like what in scripture, it says that God has written the law onto our hearts. Like it's no longer on stone tablets, it's in our heart. And yeah. so as much as I tried to convince myself or, you know, say it was fine, bottom line, when I was living in the lifestyle, um, I was, I was not at peace. And, and now knowing that you actually can't have true peace apart from the Prince of Peace, right? Like Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so, um, yeah, years of, of hiddenness, um, of losing myself in myself, you know, yeah. and, um, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I ended up marrying a man, um, thinking that, okay, I, I was for sure like crippled with fear too. Fear was a, a massive driving force in my life. Um, and so I had a fear that if I didn't get married, I was going to be alone. Mm-hmm. And which so, I'm sure a lot of people have that same fear. Oh yeah. I mean, I hear that from people day in and day out. Right. Um, and so for me, it was like, okay, either I get married. So there was another fear. Um, either, uh, I'm going to be alone or I'm going to be a nun. And honestly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honestly, I mean, God bless them. And I'm so thankful. Many now are friends of mine, yeah, they're nuns yeah. and sisters. But, but for me, I was like, that was just as scary as being alone, almost worse. So I'm like, my goodness, Marriage. Either way, you're running, you're running out yes. of fear. You're, you're either going towards or running away because of fear. Correct. Right. And so not, I didn't move into marriage out of love. Mm. I moved into the marriage out of fear of being alone or fear mm. of being married to God, um, in a way I didn't want to be. And mm. so, um, in no way do I suggest that. I mean, I hope that you wouldn't even be my friend out of fear, right? right. Like <laughs> how much more to commit your life to someone. And so unfortunately I made that decision and brought someone else now into it mm. who wanted to marry, didn't marry me out of fear. And um, so much happened. And like I said, the details are in the book. But to fast forward, I, I tried. I, I really did. I'm like, maybe I'll just try to be a good wife and, you know, do something that I don't feel called to. Um, and he was a great man. So I thought if if this is going to work, this is the one, you know. Um, but it doesn't work that way. That's like not something you force or make yourself. And and I, my heart feels for those who who try to do that whichever way it be, even into maybe the priesthood or religious life, you know, out of fear. You know, a priest told me once, he said, he's like, when I was in seminary, I realized there were three types of priests. There were those who were called by God, those who called themselves to the priesthood and those who were called by Satan. I was like, whoa, Mm. but I could, you could say that about marriage. Yeah. There are those in a marriage that are called by God and you see the fruits of that. There are Mm -hmm. those who've called themselves and not to say like, I've seen people who did call themselves and there has been a transformation, but mm-hmm. a lot of times you also see the fruits of that and they're not good. Yeah. And then those who are, I think I'm like called by Satan, I would say like, again, under manipulation, under abuse, whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, it's like if you, when you call yourself to, it's rough, yeah. like well, marriage can be God. a foretaste of heaven or it could be a foretaste of hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, for sure. Oh, and I think that's yeah. for me, I really was playing God from a place of fear. Like mm. I'm going to. I'm going to call myself into this. No, we're called into things. And for me, I honestly didn't trust him. But again, I only kind of really knew his rules. Yeah. So apart yeah. from his heart and relationship, you know, kind of fear can, can dictate. And right. so I don't blame that. That's, those are choices I made. And I, I take accountability for, for the choices that I did make um, and still to, to this day. Um, but yeah, so I really did try to remain faithful. I remember the night before I got married, I got on my knees. I was by myself and I'm like, God, I promise you, 
I will not cheat on this man with a woman. Like that is not a normal pre-wedding prayer. <laughs> like it's just not. Just FYI, if you're praying that prayer before yeah, your maybe wedding, send day. me an email. Like yeah, send him an email. <laughs> yeah. Because and it, but it uh, like it's so sad though, be, but in a way it showed my heart. And yeah. I don't mean that to justify any of the wrongs I've done. Um, thank God I don't have to do any justification. The Lord really is my justification and not in the ways I've gone wrong, but he's taken it upon himself through repentance and, and whatnot. But that's um, a red flag. It's, it's, yeah, it's one that, yeah. Kind of like another red flag is, this is what I hear feeling like, well, once we get married, it'll be better. I'm like, oh, oh no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's a red flag yeah. too. If you're saying that there's a couple red flags. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. The rest... It doesn't mean things are going to be perfect right out the gate. No, right. get married to they are, but like reality for me, that is not the prayer. Um, right. That would probably come forth from the heart, but it showed that my heart wanted to remain faithful yeah. and wanted to like try, mm -hmm. you know, and, and commit to that. And, and I promised God now, see, I didn't say God help me. I didn't say any of that. It was like, mm -hmm. I'll do this because that mm -hmm. was the other false belief that I had was that I had to do everything in my own strength. Right. Right. And like, that kind of looks like repression in that oh, way. Yeah. It's like, I am repressing mm -hmm. these desires for sure. Yeah. Right. Cause I can do it. It's like this. Uh, Dr. Bob shoots. Oh, I always talk about this unholy self-reliance. Mm -hmm. I it control. It's this. pride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pride. It is. It's a it's a hidden form of pride um, that w was so prevalent in my life that I didn't even know it. I just mm -hmm. thought that was what it was, and I thought that's even how God designed it. Like, no, I need to be strong. I need to do this, and so that was where my mm -hmm. prayer came forth yeah. from. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I ended up cheating on him with a married woman. Um, and, and previously before that I had been going to counseling, like when I was 18, um, I was like, I need help. Like, this is not okay. Living this double life. Like I got to figure this out. Um, and so I didn't tell my family, I didn't tell anybody. I just hired a Catholic counselor and I'm not going to get into all the details of that, but, um, I do know that it seemed as if he was just trying to affirm me, uh, in a homosexual lifestyle and is that as my identity like do you really think god would make a mistake on you and i'm like no i know he doesn't make mistakes but his word says this and it doesn't line with like natural order that he's placed man for woman and you know so it just was actually counseling like brought up more i'm like my gosh this is actually not helpful at all <laughs> i thought you would maybe yeah. like walk with me and yeah. like you know um so yeah it was felt more affirming um into a gay identity and like you know, love is love kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, this isn't working like $110 a session. I can pay myself to tell myself what I want. Like we're good, you know, right, um, right. just, and, and it's sad, um, to me because I, I was seeking Catholic counseling because I wanted Catholic teaching, mm. but I needed somebody to walk with me. It wasn't just like, tell me the, you know, just tell me and then just send me off, like walk right. with me, you know, and I'll even pay you to do you it. You don't need more repression. Right. No. Yeah. No, you don't. No. Yeah. Um, so just with that, and I met with priests, and I met with some pastors, like evangelical pastors, and I got very much of the same message. Wow. Um, wow. And so I'm like, my goodness, this is making me even question the Bible altogether. I'm like, this seems far too convenient that the like major thing, which I didn't realize at that time was so much pride and so much else, but like in regards to my sexual desires, I'm like, this seems a little too convenient that the, the one thing that's off in scripture is the one thing I struggle with. Like, you know, oh, you don't really understand homosexuality in the scripture. It was totally different. What you desire is totally okay with God. I'm like, really? Because it says like so much differently in there. And, and 
Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to believe that, but in my heart, I, I knew different. Thank God. But that's um, amazing that even when you were at that place, you still were like, someone please tell me the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, walk someone, with me yeah. in truth. Yeah. Someone please tell me this truth with love. Mm-hmm. Like even in that place, you were just kind of waiting for and No one did. No. And, and had I opened up maybe to my family or, or others, but that was a scary place because I felt like I knew the truth that they carried and it was just going to be like, no, you just don't do this. Like now just hold me and be like, my gosh, I can't imagine how hard this is, you know, and just, and kind of just be with me, like to bear burden with me, not just fix burden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I felt like anybody I shared with outside of a counselor was just going to try to fix my burden instead of bear it with me. And so, um, yeah. So then I finally realized I'm like, you know what? I, I gotta get this together. And the counselor kind of told me to like, in the beginning, I think you're the shame and stuff you're feeling is not from homosexuality. It's cause you're lying, cheating, da da da. So I'm like, okay, well, and now I had stopped seeing that counselor, but I remembered, I'm like, okay, so this is what I need to do. I just need to come out quote unquote, and I just need to deal with this. And so that's what I did. And so I'm like, okay, awesome. So now I'm going to be happy. And now I'm going to find peace, even though like resounding in my heart, I'm like, I don't think so. And at this I got point, a swing. Were you, did you get divorced? So I got a divorce. I told my husband, um, what I had been doing. He wanted to work on the marriage, but I felt like it would have been a double. Now I'm not supporting divorce in saying this, but I never married him in the right way and, and wasn't called to it. Well, to you got honest. an annulment. I mean, I, yes, we did yes, get an annulment yeah. because I was dishonest with him from the beginning. Right. Um, though he knew there was some attractions there. I wasn't honest with myself. If I'm not honest with myself, how am I ever going to be honest with him? Well, right? and part of one of the biggest like annulment, it's like, if you aren't free, mm-hmm. your consent isn't truly free, then your marriage isn't, it's not valid. Right. Like you aren't actually free in your you're again, if you're lying or you're not truly free, yeah. like honest with that. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, in that, but it was really hard cause I did love him as a person. Um, and seeing how much I had crushed him, I'm like, I gotta do something here. And so I felt like if I had quote unquote, tried to work on the marriage, I actually would have just been holding him from what he might actually be called to. I felt like I took someone else's place. Mm. Um, and I already had a lot going on at that time. And, and actually he is remarried. Um, he got married in the Catholic church. They have children. It's, and I just, I am so happy for him. And I know that I, I caused a lot of pain in his life, but I see the Lord restoring it. Um, but in that I ended up coming out dating women and being like, okay, this is it. This now I'm going to find it. Nope. Nope. I was in a committed relationship. Got out of that one. He said, okay, well, it's just not her. So gotten another one committed relationship. Nope. I had a girlfriend that said, you know, I want to have babies with you. I'm like, my goodness. Okay, hold on. I already know what I'm doing is not right. And now I'm not going to compound that to a whole nother level. Like I, in a way, already knew I was playing God. But now with like the reality of someone wanting to have a baby with me, I'm like, that is too obviously. I'm okay, like sneaky playing God. But this is like obvious playing God. And I'm not doing that. Like I just drew a line. Like many people would be like, wow. Okay, so you had a line? Like you cheated on your husband. You had a line? in your life. Like you didn't cross something, Yeah, but my but, line was far, but it, there was still certain boundaries I was willing not to cross. Yeah. That's like some people, like I know, like they're having sex before marriage or outside of marriage. And then someone's like, but live with me. And they're like, wait, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Cause then when you make it a public yeah. versus like, uh, we can struggle, you know, privately, privately, mm-hmm. but then you make a public thing like that. Or like th- there is sometimes for people, there is that line yeah. that and they're it, like, nope. And it kind of can, there's a conviction. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad I at least had some sort of line. And, and I think what it was for me too, was bringing someone else into it. 
mm-hmm. a child that has no say so, right? And I'm like, yeah. uh-uh. Mm-mm. So anyways, yeah, long, long, long story. But the thing of it was finally, um, after one of my girlfriends cheated on me, I'm like, okay, I'm the common denominator in all of this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the common denominator. It was October 17th, 2014. I threw my hands up. I was in a car. I know, um, God man. works clearly in the, yeah. in the cars. <laughs> I was in the car and I was with a, a dear friend of mine um, who was actually discerning the priesthood at the time. And he was just driving. And I know for a fact he was praying in the spirit. I didn't know it then. but um, And I just threw my hands up as if he wasn't even there. And I said, God, I surrender. I am done. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I need you to show me that you're better at being God than I am. And, and I need you to do it quick because I know my flesh and so I give you my desires, but you need to fulfill them. Yeah. And, and from that day forward, legitimately every day since then, he has been faithful to, to show me his goodness. He has been faithful to show me how much better he is. I have not always every day since then been faithful, but I am so thankful that his character is not dependent upon mine, that his faithfulness is not dependent upon my faithfulness. But when both, when I am faithful and he is always faithful, my goodness is at a whole new level of life for me. So it's no longer fear that drives me towards him, like the fear of hell or the fear of, my gosh, I'm going to be alone. Like I'm truly, I'm learning my identity. I remember once one of my friends said, I'm so glad you finally came out as gay. I'm like, I'm not gay. And my girlfriend was right next to me. She's like, wait, what? (laughs) Kim. And I'm like, no, I'm not gay. Like, yeah, this is my girlfriend, but it's not who I am. So you always kind of felt like that's not my identity. For sure. But I mean, I started a mission in Ethiopia when I was 23 and people try to call me a missionary and I'm like, I'm not a missionary. Yeah. And even now they're like, you're an ex-gay. You're like, no, stop giving me these labels. What is happening? Or you're an author. Uh, No, I wrote a book. (laughs) Yes. I go to Ethiopia. Yes. I dated women. Yes. Like the only thing is what I'm realizing. and, And like in the last, I would say two and a half years, the Lord has really been bringing me like, I gave my life to Jesus on October 17, 2014 in a very raw and real way. I began, and what I'm realizing is like, Jesus has been bringing me to the father. He says, he's the perfect reflection of the father. And he, he came to bring us into right relationship. And so I feel like, honestly, like within the last, I would say two and a half years, I have been knowing God as father, as tender, as merciful, as gentle, as kind, like not as, um, kind of how I saw him before cop judge, He's given all judgment to his son, right? right? Like he, yes, there is judgment, but like it says the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance. And so I just Not feel, the shame of the Lord. No, not at all. We know we're shame. Yeah, it says there's no shame or condemnation for those Lord in Christ of mercy. Jesus. Yeah, we know where shame and fear do not bring no. about yeah. repentance. Well, yeah. and they can bring change. Right. They can bring change, but I see like Christ died for transformation. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like experiencing and that, and now I'm starting to learn like why I rejected even the quote unquote good identities, a missionary, you know, a Jesus lover. No, I am a beloved child of God. Like that is it. And that is not rooted to something I do or don't do. Now I can receive or reject it, but it's not based upon my goodness or my not so goodness. It's based on, based upon his goodness and the price that Christ paid for me personally. And so in that, um, it's just been, it's been beautiful. And I feel like the Lord is walking out. It's been like the scripture of my life for the last three years is first John four eighteen. I think it is. Uh, you'd think after three years, I'd get the, the address right, but it's for perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. And the man who still fears is not yet perfected in love for fear has to do with punishment. 
And mm. so just this, this life of being perfected in love, which is God himself manifests through Christ Jesus in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. MJ, I want to share, I want you guys to share like how you met. And so through that, how you started a few ministries because mm-hmm. you guys met through mm-hmm. one of those ministries. Could you share about the couple ministries that you started and then Freedom March and how you guys Yeah. So going back to my testimony about uprooted heart. So when God gave me that vision of my heart and he said, you'll be the first of many uprooted hearts, I formed a nonprofit called uprooted heart. And through that filmed a documentary that has 12 testimonies in it of former LGBTQ individuals. Is it called uprooted heart? That documentary? It's called, um, here's my heart. Uh, a documentary of surrendering to freedom. So it's giving your heart to him. And uh, through that, I met a man named Jeffrey McCall, who was a transgender. He was in the film and another man named Son, and he was in the film as well. And together we came together and formed what we call Freedom March. And so Freedom March was birthed from just sharing testimonies, realizing that people march in this day and age for everything and anything. And the Lord called uh, Jeffrey to go to the governmental seat. So we started in Washington, D.C. in uh, May 5th, actually. So just happened Mm -hmm. in 2018. uh, We went to Washington, D.C. and we openly share testimonies of coming out of the LGBTQ identity into the kingdom of God. And uh, we have worship and then we do a march around that. And so our very first one that we had, Kim actually uh, came to it. And thank God for that, because I was working with four men who have come out of the LGBT <laughs> life and I was praying for a female like, uh, to become part of our team. And so Kim fit so perfectly in like the core of our team and We've been running together ever since. Yeah. You were, okay, you were like in a cabin or something. It was super the Lord because I was, yeah, I was. How did you find out about it? I felt called to write the book and I didn't want to do it. Like I did because I felt the Lord on it, but like I don't know many people that are like, yeah, I want to just publish all the junk I've done in my life. Right. You know? Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, so it's really <laughs> it's what I jump to, right? And so, um, so in that, I I ended up going to a cabin. Short version of it, um, one of my friends was like, just go stay at my cabin. You've got a week. Don't don't worry about any of the money. Just stay, write, do whatever. And so it was like the third day in, and I felt like the Lord was like, pack up. And I'm like, um. I'm pretty sure you're almighty and see everything, but I haven't written a word. Like, where am I going? I've got another four days here. Da, da, da. Long story short, I just, I listened because I did feel it. So I was like packing up the cabin. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to unpack tomorrow, but whatever. Um, and no joke, I turned my phone on because I was like praying and fasting and, and whatnot. And so I had my phone off and I felt like the Lord said, turn your phone on. It was right before I was going to morning mass out there. And um, my one of my best friends sent me a text and she said, guess what? You're not alone. And I'm like, what? And there was a link and I clicked on it and it said, um, former LGBT individuals gather together in Washington, D.C. to share their testimony of Jesus Christ. And I'm like, my gosh. And even to this day, I I get the chills. I'm like, wait, what? Because I had not met anyone yet. I had not met anyone, Mm -hmm. at least in my kind of age range. Um, And I'm like, when did, when was this? And I'm reading, I'm reading. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's in three days. (laughs) And I, I'm in San Diego. Pack it up. And so it made sense. I'm like, oh my goodness, God, you really, you really are God. Like, you know. And so, yeah, I took off and I was like, bought a ticket. I literally, I bought a ticket that day, but I called my mom first and I'm like, mom, I need you to come with me to Washington DC. She's like, 
uh, are you supposed to be in a cabin? I'm like, I'll tell you later. Will you come with me? And she's <laughs> like, these people could be crazy. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I don't know, you know, and yeah. they're w- waving like flags and stuff in the picture. So I'm like, I don't know what these people are doing. And you know, I'm Catholic. They don't seem very Catholic. And, um, so I'm like, come with me. And she's like, okay. So yeah, I bought a ticket. I thank God was packed up. Yeah. Um, drove home, got on a plane the very next oh day gosh. and was at the very first freedom march, which is like so iconic that the Lord knew he wanted me there for the first one for my own heart. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever his heart is doing within this, this move of God, mm-hmm. um, that is happening. So it's just been yeah. such like an honor. It's been humbling. Uh, it's been edifying my goodness, um, in so many ways to my own heart and, and journey yeah. to walk with and them. Some of the other people involved were, yeah. There are there two guys who were at the Orlando yeah the Pulse the Pulse nightclub, nightclub shooting they mm-hmm. were there and one of them was shot six, six times. times yeah our friend Angel um, who's also on the board of Freedom March was shot six times and Luis our other friend um, was trampled so they were in the hospital oh, Angel gosh. was actually I think um, the first to do an interview publicly. ever publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. and just an amazing journey that, that they've been on. And so just to have community, like I'm seeing the importance of what I was lacking for, for years, wow. um, the beauty of community and, and walking together and being safe to share struggles, um, not to glorify them, not to, to feed them, but to be real and bring them into the open, mm-hmm. pray together, fast together and enjoy life together too. And you know? people, I'm, I know, I'm sure they hear about this and they want to come, they want to protest. And they, you, mm-hmm. But when they encounter you guys, you just receive them with such love. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you know, I think people, when they think of Christians, when it comes to the LGBT, like, oh, you know, we think of, I mean, even I had people at college that were raising signs mm-hmm. and like, if you're this, God hates you. Adam you're and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there are obviously always people who are going to be yelling and hate you know, just whatever. Mm-hmm. And so people may assume that's what you guys do, but that is completely. So can you just share maybe some stories about maybe at Freedom March where, someone encountered and they were like, Oh my gosh, just, (laughs) I'm thinking about that one guy in LA. Remember he's like kind of yelling, like we're getting ready to March and he's like yelling something. And I just walk up to him and I was like, can I hug you? And I, like, it was just so like natural. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to try to diffuse this. I was like, can I hug you? And he's like, no. I'm like, you sure? Like, it's okay. Like we can disagree and still be okay. You know? And then he just like disappeared. He didn't say another word and Mm -hmm. we just kept on. That was like the, the one thing that I know it's like really love does cover, you know? And I think sometimes we try to manufacture that instead of just let the Lord lead us. And if we can see people, they'll know that. Like if you can really see someone. Um, so there's been a lot of stories. I don't know if any come to you, MJ, but yeah, I just, well, I just think of, we we really live by, like, we want to weep before we preach. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if this goes to your question, but this is just something the Lord was just bringing up in, in, inside of me is just, we, you know, we go because we want to reach those people. And even we've had people, even within the body of Christ, who have an issue with us, we're in the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're like, that's the Lord's promise. Like that's his promise. They're, they're raising up a banner of pride and we're coming in humility to say, we don't know it all, but we know the one who does and we're humbling ourselves before him. And so we've had even people, I'm thinking of someone right now who's a part of our group now that used to literally blast us 
Like mm-hmm. it was his goal mm-hmm. to say that we were wrong, what we were doing was harmful. And then he actually has a radical encounter with God at the Georgia Aquarium. <laughs> the Lord starts speaking Cars to and him aquariums. about creation through what he was seeing in front of him. Mm-hmm. He repents, comes to us, and now is a part of what we're doing. And he was the one that was actually um, coming against what mm-hmm. we were doing. Wow. He, he actually wrote a book on like pro LGBT Christian, you know, he was married to a man or in a union with a man. Mm -hmm. And so like, we're talking radical testimony, right? And, and such like, I, I, we see it as hatred because that's what comes forth. But honestly, what I think is it's, it's hurt. There's like a deep hurt. Yeah. There's a lot of hurt and then shame. Yeah. Man, shame is such a driver of. It is. Yeah. For sure. The hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And there's that other like, yeah, heal people, heal people. And what's not. Sister Miriam will say that like what's not transformed is transmitted. Mm. So yeah. if again, if there is a place of hurt in us that's not transformed, we'll we'll take it out on other people. So yeah. he was taking it out on yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, For sure. Um, it just reminds me too, because like just knowing him, you know, now and like we were just all celebrating one of our friends' birthdays, actually Angel's birthday, and so this guy was there, and it's just so cool. He comes to our worship nights at the house and. Um, he's just an amazing, amazing man of God. Um, he just said the other day, he's like, it is literally a miracle that I've been celibate for what, like two years, two years, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, married to a man, yeah, like fully engaged in the LGBT life. Oh yeah. Fully. Like I would say LGBTQ activist, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just so, so beautiful to see like, and to, to be able to share testimony and, and to not like to allow love to win. And, and I know so many times we hear that, but like, it really is like, if we just chose to fight with him, things probably wouldn't be where they're at. Like right. to be able to like, what did uh, Jesus on the cross? Like he took so much more than any one of us will ever take. And he never lashed out. He never, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and just to learn that, like, and, and to ask the Lord, like, help us to be humble, help us to, to every lashing, every, every word spoke against us is actually spoke against you. And it might be from a place of hurt, mm-hmm. like where they really don't know you, God, they yeah. really don't know you and help us to carry your heart. But again, I can't carry a heart I haven't first experienced. So like, Lord, let me receive your love mm-hmm. and then be a vessel of it going outward, you know? Yeah. So. Tune in next episode to hear the rest of the conversation. 